Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I'm Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Chutris. And we are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association. Now, the OPP Association, for those who don't know us, we're also known as the OPPA, and we are the sole bargaining agent for nearly 10,000 uniform and civilian members of the Ontario Provincial Police. Our goal with uh, the Tent 5 podcast is that we want to get the word out to our members and any members of the public who may want to join the police, uh, in particular the Ontario Provincial Police, about issues that will impact your career. We also want to talk about issues and topics of the day that are happening uh, that our members would like to hear about, and we also want to hear from our members. Um, and 10-5, if, if people don't know what it means in uh, police 10 code talks, it means relay. So we just want to be a relay for information on this podcast. So keep listening if uh, you want to know what's going on today uh, with our special guest on pension and benefits. So our special guest today to launch a, a little mini series that we're having on uh, retirement. Um uh, what the issues that come up uh, during retirement you need to know during retirement uh, my co-host josh dutras and i are joined by lisa hillstrom the executive officer for pension and benefits for the opp association and josh is here now to take us through the interview thanks scott and like scott said we are introducing a series of podcasts that will assist regular full-time uniform and civilian members of the oppa with their retirement planning it is assumed for the per these purposes that the member has achieved their earliest unreduced retirement date. And the first topic in the series is termination payments at retirement. Lisa Hillstrom is the Executive Officer in Pension and Benefits for the OPP Association. She's been with us since 2006 and is an absolute wealth of information. And she joins us here now on the 10.5 podcast. Lisa, hello. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. So... Let's just start at the beginning for anybody who may be hearing some of this terminology for the first time. What are termination payments? Josh, termination payments are payments a member's entitled to when their employment terminates. Today, we're going to focus on payments a member may be entitled to when they retire. If a member is entitled to severance pay, how is that calculated? For members hired between January 1st, 1970 and December 31st, 2008, they'd be entitled to one week's pay for each year of continuous service, and that's Ontario Public Service um, service, to a maximum of 26 weeks. For members hired between January 1st, 2009 and December 31st, 2016, they would be entitled to one week's pay for each year of continuous service, again, OPS service, to a maximum of 13 weeks. Now, as a result of an arbitrator's award in 2016, there is no further accrual for severance after December 31st, 2016, and the eligible severance will be paid at the salary rate in effect on December 31st, 2016. Now, what this means for members hired up to December 31st, 2008, for example, depending on when they were hired, they may not accrue up to the maximum of 26 weeks, as well for members hired on or after January 1st, 2009, the maximum weeks of severance they could accrue is eight. 
If a member took a leave without pay greater than 30 days prior to that December 31, 2016 date, would their severance credit date have been amended? Uh, leaves without pay greater than 30 days for reasons other than WSIB, LTIP, which is long-term income protection, uh, pregnancy or parental leaves will amend a member's severance credit date. If I bought back pension credit with the Ontario Pension Board, will my severance credit reflect that additional credit? Uh, buying back pension credit with the Ontario Pension Board will not impact or amend a member's severance credit date. It's completely for pension purposes and has nothing to do with their severance pay entitlement. If I'm an amalgamated member, will my severance include time with the previous police service? Uh, for amalgamated members, their severance credit date is the day they join the OPP. As well, for individuals who were directly hired um, from another police service by the OPP, their severance credit date will be as well the date they were hired by the OPP. There's no credit that they are provided for any time with the previous police service. Lisa, what are the payment options for the severance payment? The payment options an individual has available to them for their severance is they can receive it in cash, they can transfer to an RSP, or they can use it as a leave with pay, which is referred to as salary continuance, or a combination of those options. Now, if an individual chooses to receive all or a portion of their severance in cash, they will have either 10, 20, or 30% income tax being deducted. This may not be enough income tax, depending on the amount of income the individual may have in the year that they do receive this payment. Therefore, they may request additional income tax to be deducted when that payment is processed, or they can put some money away knowing that they may owe income tax when they do file for that tax year. Now, if the individual chooses um, to transfer all or a portion of their severance to an RSP, um, there's a calculation that Ontario Shared Services will provide the individual, which it basically identifies if the individual has an eligible portion of their severance to transfer funds to an RSP without needing any personal RSP room. Now, the calculation for that is $2,000 for each year or part year of service up to December 31st, 1995. This calculation is referred to as the eligible portion of the severance payment. Now there is an additional $1,500 per year of service before January 1st, 1989, if the pension for that period was not vested with the employer. Now, if a member has always contributed to the pension plan from the date they were hired, this $1,500 calculation would not apply to them. If a member was hired prior to January 1st, 1989 on a contract basis, for example, and they have never bought back that pension credit, the $1,500 may apply. If they bought back that pension credit, the $1,500 would not apply. Now, the eligible portion of the severance can be transferred to a member's RSP only. It cannot be transferred to a spousal. However, any amount over and above that eligible portion is referred to as an ineligible portion of their severance which the ineligible portion of a member's severance can be transferred to an RSP in the member's name or a spousal RSP. 
individuals should keep in mind though that if they are transferring any funds to a spousal RSP, the member must have the RSP room, not the spouse. Now, the last option, leave with pay. Again, this is referred to as salary continuance. The member can use all or a portion of their severance as salary continuance. They can elect to be paid at the salary rate in effect on December 31st, 2016, or their current salary. If they are choosing to be paid at their current salary, they would need to determine the amount of weeks their severance equates to at that current salary. For example, say they have accrued 26 weeks of severance as of December 31st, 2016, and the amount of weeks their severance payment equates to would be 25 weeks rather than the 26 weeks. So individuals just need to be mindful of that. A question that comes up in the uh, universe of salary continuance is will members earn vacation credits if they use all or a portion of that severance as leave with pay? Uh, yes, actually, uh, members will accrue their vacation credits during the salary continuance leave. And can a member use their vacation uh, overtime or stack credits as leave without pay prior to their retirement date? Yes, members can use the earned vacation or overtime or stack credits as leave with pay. Um, they can use a combination. Um, it is recommended that individuals confirm the amount of vacation credits and if applicable overtime and stack credits that they would have available to them if they chose to use them as leave with pay and speak to the individual that you would normally speak to at your detachment or work location. So let's just say I don't do that. Would I receive payment for uh, vacation overtime or stack credits that I haven't used? Absolutely, yes. If an individual has a balance of any vacation that they haven't used, overtime or stack credits at retirement, they will receive a payment of those credits. So Lisa, what are the payment options for uh, any balance I might have of vacation credits, uh, overtime or stack credits when I retire? So the payment options members will have for those uh, credits is they can receive them in cash, transfer to an RSP, or use as a leave with pay. So if an individual chooses to receive those payments in cash, um, they will have anywhere up to 48% income tax deducted from that payment. Now, some individuals may think that that is completely ridiculous, however, um, it basically ensures that enough income tax is being, is being deducted from that payment and it should hopefully result in the individual not having to uh, have an income tax bill when they do file their income tax for that year. Now also it's uh, important for an individual to know that CPP and EI will be deducted from those payments um, if the individual hasn't already had the maximum deducted for that tax year. So uh, as well for individuals who are deferring payments to the following tax year, because individuals have that option, um, if they defer that payment into a following tax year, they would not have had any CPP or EI deducted. Therefore, they will see EI and, C and EI being deducted from that payment when it is processed. Now, they also have the option of uh, transferring those funds to an RSP. The individual has to have personal RSP room in order to transfer funds to an RSP. 
and the funds can be transferred to an RSP in the member's name or spousal RSP. But be keeping in mind, the member must have the, the RSP room, not the spouse. Now, the other option as well is leave with pay, which we talked about in a previous um, uh, uh, question. So, um, you know, just to reiterate, if the individual is thinking about uh, using any of their accrued vacation overtime stack credits, just ensure that they have confirmed the amount of credits that they have available with their detachment or work location. A question we get asked uh, quite often is, how long does it take for these termination payments to be processed? Um, it will take between six and eight weeks after the member's last regular pay for those termination payments to be processed. Now there's one very important component uh, for the termination payments is that there is a recovery of asset form that is required by Ontario Shared Services in order to release those payments. If they don't receive that recovery of asset, they are not going to release those payments. If a member has not received confirmation that those termination payments have been processed and it's six weeks after their last regular pay, we recommend that they log a ticket with the OSS contact center um, requesting the status of those payments. After that um, engagement and it, it's eight weeks after their last regular pay and they still haven't received um, confirmation that the payments have been processed, Members ha can contact the OPPA head office for assistance. We will assist them and uh, with OSS to ensure that the payment is being processed appropriately. It is rare that a member will encounter issues with those termination payments with OSS though. Who would then I contact to discuss the termination payments and request an estimate of uh, my severance payment? Members should contact the Ontario Shared Services um, going through their contact, the OSS contact uh, centre as well, requesting to be connected with the Benefit Advisor for retirement planning purposes. That Benefit Advisor will assist the member in determining the amount of severance they're entitled to and if the individual is considering using all or a portion of that severance as salary contingents, that advisor will also assist them with determining the period of leave that they would be entitled to, uh, to take. Now, members should also speak to a financial advisor or a financial planner to assist them in determining how they should receive those termination payments because some individuals may want or need some form of investment to supplement their income in retirement. Uh, members may not be aware, but the Ontario Pension Board has certified financial planners available for OPPA members to help make those decisions. So individuals can take advantage of that service um, that they have available through the Ontario Pension Board. They may also have their own financial planner, but I think that the, the main point that I'd like to share here is the importance of Indian in, ensuring that they're making a sound decision as to if they are going to need or want some form of investment again in retirement. Lisa, any final thoughts on termination payments at retirement? Um, any final thoughts are it's, a, it's, you know, it's very important to ensure that individuals do make a sound decision, uh, do their homework, get their estimate from uh, 
them from Ontario Shared Services, connect with the Ontario Pension Board and uh, access their certified financial planners or speak to their own financial planner. Um, because the more that they uh, plan for, um, for the retirement, um, you know, they're going to be making that sound decision. And it's never too early either to start planning for retirement. And I recommend individuals when they're newly hired, or if they've got 15 years on or 20, 25 years on, do your due diligence and, and start planning for your retirement because things can change as well. Um, but just knowing as well that there's assistance out there in order to help them make that informed decision. Lisa Hillstrom, Executive Officer of Pension and Benefits for the OPP Association. Thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, and we certainly look forward to having you back on the 10.5 podcast soon. Thank you so much, Josh. It's been great to be uh, here with you today. Scott, over to you. Thanks, Josh. And uh, that is our episode of the 10.5 podcast for the week. Thank you, Lisa. Your information is invaluable. And for our listeners, we have several other episodes on retirement planning, as well as other pension and benefits issues that we will be releasing with Lisa over the coming months. So if you can tell your colleagues to tune in to new episodes dropping each Friday, and if they miss an episode, all will remain available to you in the future to refer back to on your favorite podcasting channel. Please make sure to check out the show notes uh, for some helpful links on what we discussed during the episode. And we will see you next time on the 10.5 Podcast.